Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage. From National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli. Uh, This is, again, as we said in the last episode, we are excited about the Cover 3 era of this show, but longtime listeners of the the show should expect uh, nothing different from the things that they've become fans of. The locks, the the making a buzz, camp buzz, spring buzz. It's going to be all coming to you. And this is uh, the locks edition of the podcast. Gentlemen, it is Rivalry Week. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you and yours how are we feeling on this earlier than usual wednesday morning edition of the locks recording well we're we're a little trepidatious because i play cover two man myself Mm. so i don't know how i'm gonna fit in this defense well the uh the cover the cover three of course you know to our to our former yale safety barton simmons i mean this is that's that's his favorite call right there yeah yeah that or uh cover four hole just anything that just lets me just sit (laughs) <laughs> well, I have to go backwards. That's that's what I like. So uh, so yeah, man. This is get used to it for now. We're loading the box. Eight men, in, three on the on the perimeter, and uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna challenge people. All right. So uh, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of picks to get to, and we want to make sure, of course, that we get to any Thursday and Friday action early, especially with the way that. Um, the the schedule falls so a brief review before we get started on what happened last week this was after really i know personally after feeling like i was really smart for a couple weeks things have cooled off all right let's look at the week's winner that would be tom fernelli tom fernelli Hit on Notre Dame minus 10. He felt good about it. He wrote it the whole way. He hit on UCF minus 7. Felt good about it. Wrote it the whole way. I mean, just a couple of big touchdown plus favorites against the brand, but he trusted it. Uh, Under 51.5 Miami, Virginia Tech. That is a loss. Uh, The James Morgan era, FIU minus 5.5. That's a win. Wisconsin plus 4.5. They got it done on the field. That's a win. Under 54 Georgia Tech, Virginia. Also a loss. Uh, I hurt with you on both of our ACC coastal unders. What's what's going on in the coastal these days? They're scoring points now. Basketball season started. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're watching Zion Williamson highlights and like, let's go, boys. Let's go. Uh, Wake plus seven. That's also a loss. I'm, yeah, you know, you that do. Happens. That happens. Uh, and San Diego State plus 13. That final count was like 10, 11. Yeah, it, it went down as as the week progressed. Um and so that's a win. That is five and three for the week. That is forty nine and forty one on the season. Tom Vernelli, you are now the outright leader. Woo. Uh two and six for Barton Simmons. Our wins were Nebraska plus two and Vandy minus three. Getting it done, getting it done. The losses, UAB plus 17 against Texas A&M. Uh, Boston College minus 1.5 against Florida State. That was a lock fight. Uh, Oregon minus 3.5. The Ducks got the win, just not the cover. Right, Barton? 
They would have covered with my uh, plus three and a half that I was trying to pitch to you guys. Oh, that's uh, right. Pod. Unfortunately, that seven-point swing didn't wasn't good for me. Uh, Arkansas plus 21 and a half just gotten shellacked. Uh, mm. Yeah. But that game, hey, did you watch much of that game? I didn't. I should have remembered that when you catch a decent Mississippi State team on senior day before – like I remember, like I think it was like a few years ago, Vanderbilt. I, I think I picked Vanderbilt to cover against them in the same sort of setting, and they just freaking housed them like fifty to fifty-one to nothing or something. So, um, you know, not didn't do enough due diligence there on that one. Um, I I went back to review that what one. You, what were you getting at? Yeah, what, you, what 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 did you see in the game? That it was it was a close it was a close game there for a second. Like it was it it was for about two and a half quarters. Arkansas was within two touchdowns and it was 17 to six. And then in about three minutes, it was 38 to six and the whole game, just like they lost control of the game and it was there. It was good. They had it and then it's gone. So I, uh, I, I don't think your notion in retrospect and I didn't watch much of the game at the time, but I felt like, felt like the hogs were there. They could, they could have taken you to cover town. Thanks, man. That that that's a good, it's a good feel good moment between us. Appreciate you helping me on that one. It was <laughs> a rough, it was a rough week for me. I, I felt like it was going to be a good one. Those were the ones that shake me. When I think it's going to be good and it goes, it was awry. Baylor minus two was another one that uh, that stung. Liberty plus twenty eight and a half. That was never going to happen. So Barton is two and six on the week. That gets him to forty two and forty one on the season. Third place in the locks competition bad week for chip as well uh this week instead of going two and five follow up two and five with a two and four just skidding uh my way back towards 500 uh fsu plus one and a half that's a win uh the under 57 and a half with clemson and duke that was my only other win west virginia minus four and a half my yeah bet my my, my bet there didn't didn't pan out at all. Uh, we mentioned the two unders, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Miami, Virginia Tech. And then my other loss was Ohio State. So I should, I guess I think I'm 0-2 picking Ohio State games. So I should probably get in on it again. Um, 40, <laughs> 43-39, uh, second place, four points behind the leader, Tom Fernelli. Uh, Not only did Tom Fernelli take the commanding lead here but tom and i were tied heading into last week in the cbs experts pick not anymore and and a, a nice week for tom and a brutal week for for the kid uh, has 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 created some separation between one and two there i'm gonna get the first pick in the bowl draft oh yeah that's right wait does does barton participate in the bowl draft no mm. so that's, i've never i've never been invited that's a, oh, Barton, yeah. if you want you're to, invited if you're you want. Yes. I don't think you understand what it entails. But <laughs> if, if you want to sign up for approximately four to five bowl games of responsibility for writing previews and re- instant reaction. Oh, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys can have that. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I'm, I, I cherish every year writing the Celebration Bowl preview. All right. Are you guys ready to lock it up? Let's go. Yep. We're picking locks. 
My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right, Tom, you are the week leader. You are the so you've got the honors. You are also the season leader. So you're you're going to set the pace here. I will file a request on the listeners' behalf that we tackle Thursday and Friday games first. So let me know what you got. Well, then I will start with a Friday game. My first pick, my first lock of the week is Oklahoma minus two and a half at West Virginia. This line has been all over the place this week. It's been you know moving back and forth, and now it's really starting to steam in Oklahoma's direction, and there's a reason for it. It's because since West Virginia has joined the Big 12, Oklahoma has been kicking its butt. They are 6-0 and against the Mountaineers as Big 12 counterparts, and last year in Norman, they beat them by 28. The year before in Morgantown, they beat them by 28. In 2015, they beat them by 20. In 2014, they beat them by 12. In 2013, they only beat them by 9. And in 2012, they only beat him by one. But the last four years, Oklahoma has had the much better edge in this matchup between the two. And I am concerned because, you know, the last few years, Oklahoma's defense hasn't been amazing. Although I think last year and this this year were the two worst by far. But this year's like defense, like I just said, has been awful. I mean, I literally wrote a column on Monday about how I don't want Oklahoma to reach the playoff because I already know they're not beating anybody because a team with a defense that bad isn't beating Alabama, isn't beating Clemson, it's not beating Michigan, it's probably not beating Notre Dame. So I don't want it in the playoff for that reason, but that doesn't mean that I don't... I think a lot of Oklahoma fans have taken it where I think Oklahoma sucks. That's not the case. I just don't think they could beat an elite team with that defense. I think they're better than West Virginia, and I think they're going to go into Morgantown and beat West Virginia and get into the Big 12 title game where they will face Texas again, and maybe they'll get some revenge on them for doing it. So I I just like Oklahoma minus 2.5 here. I don't think... I West Virginia is obviously going to score points on it, but I just don't think West Virginia is going to be able to keep up completely because I don't trust that Mountaineers defense to be able to stop Kyler Murray and company at all. Lock agreement. We're picking locks. Um, I can't, I can't, so it's at two and a half now? Yeah. Yeah, so let me punch this in quick before it gets to three. I had it down on my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 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 let, me lo- let me run to the locks uh, window so I can get this in at two and a half before it jumps to three. I Full, full disclosure... I got Oklahoma as a as a pick'em earlier this week when it was when it was at zero. Yeah, uh, nah. This is look. You know what I think about? I think about in 2016 where we had a similar situation. The game in Morgantown was just this was going to be it. There was even snow on the ground, and Oklahoma thumped them. And mm-hmm. I just I, I of all the different ways I see this game playing out, I see it playing out in a way where once again West Virginia. Like they get up there, they get up there, and then Oklahoma reminds them that this is like this has been Oklahoma's conference. Oklahoma is the the guardian of this conference. It will not it will not be sitting on the sidelines for a Big Twelve championship game to watch West Virginia and Texas play each other. The Sooners get it done. Correct. Week twelve, boys. Um what better time to unite the clans? Yes. <laughs> yes. You and I T Y. Let's do it. Unite the clans. We gotta let them know. You and I T Y. Now come on, here we go. You 
this is a uh, – I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I just think this is two, like, race cars. Just one's got a bigger engine. Yep. So I'm going to go with the one with the with, with the more horsepower. Um, that's, that's taking nothing away from West Virginia. I'm not – I – I would be terrified to play this under 84. Like <laughs> there, there will be points scored. This is going to be I, – I, I could very well see this being like the Kansas City Rams game uh, the other night where it's just sort of, okay, we expect points, but oh my God, yes, 54 to 50. Like this is going to be one of those games where just all the points we expect are going to hit. Um, but I, I just think in a, in a race car – you know, in, in, in any kind of race, I'm going to take the faster, faster car, or the faster person. I think Oklahoma is just a little bit faster here, um, and and for that reason and everything else you guys talked about, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Queen Latifah. <sighs> Love it. Love the way we're starting here. All right, Barton, you uh, take it. Take us to your second pick. Love Lock Unity here with the Sooners. Yeah, that's a great that's a great mojo start. I'm gonna go because we're also going to keep this thing in the weeknights early in the pod. Let me go to the Egg Bowl. Uh, and I am going to take Mississippi State minus the 11. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, do. So you got Ole Miss, who's 116th in the country in rush defense, S&P Plus. You got Mississippi State who's third in the country in rushing offense, S&P Plus. You have got an Ole Miss offense that is among the most explosive in all of college football. And they're up there. And when you look at the rankings and yards play and yards per game and all that stuff, they're up there. But they've played three defenses that are that are similar in ability – to this Mississippi State defense. They played Alabama, scored seven points against Alabama. They played LSU, scored 16 points against LSU. They played Auburn, scored 16 points against Auburn. And I actually think that this Mississippi State defense is better than all of those. And it's not even as if, like, even when you compare Miss, Ole Miss's production in those games to the season average for those teams, Alabama's season average point uh, yards per play is 4.46. They held Ole Miss to 4.2. Uh, LSU's season average is 4.86 yards per play. They held Ole Miss to 4.75. The only one where actually they actually outscored the season or outgained the season average was against Auburn, and that was just by a little bit, 5.2 yards per play, where the average is 4.99. So this is not like this is a team that has crumbled when faced with really good defenses. Mississippi State is that, and the defense for misses for um, for Ole Miss is so bad against the run, which is what sort of Mississippi State needs to be able to move the football is a defense that can't really stop the run. I think Mississippi State absolutely rolls, and as if I wasn't confident enough, I also got a dental lock on top of this. <laughs> this is, this is, this is dentist-endorsed. Ole Miss play, so I'm going Mississippi State minus 11. Wow. You know, everything you said logically is correct. Uh, you're going with the old <laughs> rivalry <laughs> but, dog. But when it comes to the Egg Bowl, 
I don't rely on logic. I rely on <laughs> chaos. And it's not a lock for me. I'm just on Ole Miss for the reasons of the Egg Bowl lately has always been kind of crazy. The underdog is usually winning or covering. And also, it's just the fact that for me, for Ole Miss, this is the, this is their bowl game. This is every, this is their entire season. This is what you know Matt Luke builds his team towards. This is you know everything that because they can't go bowling no matter what happens here. So this is the bowl game, and I, it's not that Mississippi State's not going to have its own motivation playing its rival, you know, in the Egg Bowl like it does every year. It's just I think that for Mississippi or for Ole Miss, we are going to see a performance from them that we haven't seen in recent weeks. So I, I'm taking Ole Miss plus ten. I think Mississippi State wins, but I'm, I'm going to take the ten points. Is it so? You're it's not, not a lock fight. No, it's not a lock fight. Cold lock war. Here in the Egg Bowl on Thursday night, even even willing to put his teeth on the line, going against the uh, the recommendation of the dentist. Uh, well, see, I, I was considering a lock fight until I heard the dentist was in on it. <laughs> and then and I was it's like, I'm just going to stand alongside and voice my opinion from the crowd. Uh, How about the dentist getting screwed last week on that overplay <laughs> in the end zone against Old Miss Vandy? Wow, that was that was a that was a brutal one. Uh, I am going to take us to Friday night, and I'm a little bit nervous because we mentioned about how the double, the double under plays in the ACC Coastal did not hit last week. But I tell you what, even with Virginia Tech's defense being as woeful as it has been in recent weeks, the fact that we're getting this number over the key number of 49. And I know it sat there. I'm going to go Virginia, Virginia Tech. The Commonwealth Cup under 50. My thinking here is that there is uh, a ton on the line. This game is in Lane Stadium. I don't expect Virginia Tech's offense to be able to score many points. But the pride, goodness gracious, that Virginia Tech might have. They've beaten Virginia 14 times in a row Matt Schaub was out there the last time Tom's beloved Wahoos got a win against Virginia Tech. Um, you know, Virginia Tech also, if they win this game, then has another rescheduled game so that it can try and preserve its own bowl streak. If Virginia Tech loses this game, then that conditional game against Marshall gets canceled. This is, I mean, there's, there is a lot at play, which makes me think that this is going to be a, a tight, low-scoring competitive game where from the Virginia Tech side, you just want to get to the fourth quarter and probably the same from the Virginia side. So let's let's take two teams that have cashed a lot of unders for me this season and let's take the rivalry in the short week and let's just hope that, uh, that it all stays there. So I'm going to go Commonwealth Cup, Virginia Tech, Virginia, under 50. Lock agreement. Yeah. For the reason you said, plus, as we know, Chip, the trend of unders in Virginia Tech home games plays a role here as well. Mm. Which goes back to like 2008. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like about 65% of the time. Mm. Let's go. All right. Lock, uh, agreement. lock agreement. Tom, what you got next? Uh, that does it for my weeknight games right there. Now we're moving on to Saturday where... I am doing the most dangerous thing that a person can do. I'm taking Auburn plus 24 and a half at Alabama. And it is not fun 
betting against Alabama on the spread. It is terrifying. It's you're never comfortable with it. You're sitting there just waiting for it to happen, <laughs> waiting for your cover to get crushed under, you know, the Alabama offense. But I'm looking at this from a similar strategy to what we I took with Bedlam a few weeks ago in that the way that the Iron Bowl has gone and traditionally it is very hard to pass up 24 and a half points, even against this Alabama team, because as we saw last year, you know, the game, obviously the game was at Auburn last year, but Auburn has a knack for beating Alabama. This is kind of like the, it's just one of those situations where I've always mentioned where I love underdogs in rivalry games like this. And when they're getting three and a half touchdowns, I I really (laughs) like them. So it's, I just think that Auburn's defense will be good enough to limit Alabama's offense like we saw LSU do, like we saw Mississippi State do, and be able to keep it in check a little bit. And we still don't know how Tua's knee is. I don't think it's as, I don't think it's horrible, but he, I, it's clear to me he's still not 100%. I think that could pose problems against this Alabama or this Auburn front seven because I think that he's going to find himself with a bit more pressure in his face than he did last week. So I just think that this is a situation where if Auburn can just manage to get like a touchdown, maybe 10 points, they're going to cover. That's an incredibly ballsy move here in, uh, in week, week, week 13. I'm impressed. I really am. I'm, you know, what makes me nervous, Tom. And I know that that Auburn team was way worse, but didn't we have like a 49 to nothing iron bowl recently? Yeah, I think the spread was like 30-something in that game, though. That's true. But still, it's just the idea that Saban and the Alabama defense might go in a you're-not-going-to-score-a-bleeping-point mode, I'm afraid of that. Because I do yeah, no, think I, I think a sleepwalking Alabama team scores 28 points. Now, this is, again, I will be living in fear this entire game. It's just all of my principles and all of my logic tell me that 24 and a half is just a little too much fair uh all right barton what you got next um i'm gonna go with perhaps my favorite play of the weekend Mm. which is out in sunny southern california where fighting irish are taking a road trip and they're laying 10 and a half i believe at last check Maybe it's up to 11 in some places. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus whatever you want to call it. (laughs) They are going to dismantle USC. (laughs) They are going to carve them to pieces. And I I really think this is a a few things here. USC is is what their record says they are. It's as hard as that is to believe, given all that talent on that field, they are what their record says they are. They're, they're, they are not a misleading 5-6. and six. I think Notre Dame at this point is not a misleading 11-0. and 0. I think Notre Dame at this point is, has proven that they are legit. I be, I, I've, I've, I've said this all year long. USC has a major problem in their strength and conditioning. Notre Dame, when they when they revamped their staff two years ago, part of that revamp was the strength and conditioning. And they have been light years better in that regard. And we saw it last year. 
and that's how and why they beat up on USC last year. I think that once again this year, even if Notre Dame has some sort of off day, which I don't know why they would. I mean, they have everything to play for. They have, they have, as Kirk Herbstreit said on the Tuesday night playoff special, they have 60 minutes to play for the playoffs. Go win this game, and and there's nothing else to worry about. And so, even if they do have an off day, though, and even if USC plays up, I think if you are going to physically overwhelm someone, if you're going to be in better shape, better condition, tougher, more physical, that will carry over into the third and fourth quarter, and at some point it's going to get away from USC. But I don't even think it gets there. I think this is a pole-to-finish Notre Dame, which just blows out USC. Give me the Irish. I love that. I love that pick. I love that call in the interest of uh... – I don't know. In the interest of competition, I'm going to stay off. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you ride on that one. But I'm going to tell you that in spirit, I'm with it because I find it so. What was it that T. Martin called Jalen Hurd? So soft and so terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so what you. Soft and terrible. Yeah, that's what USC has become. Soft and terrible. It's all spun around. It's all come back. The Trojans have become exactly what they were calling uh, Jalen Hurd on National Signing Day. This is. This is a team that is not ready for the big boy bully ball that Notre Dame's defense is about to bring. They don't want any. They don't want any of the smoke. I think that's a great pick. Out of that. I also support your choice, and I have a pick for this game, but it's not the spread. Ooh, what is it? I I like I like Notre Dame to cover too. I just like the under fifty four better because, much to your point, I'm not sure how much, if anything, USC is going to be able to score in this game or if it's even going to want to. But I, I just, I think the under is more likely here just because Notre Dame's defense is probably going to dominate the game. But I, the spread, it's just, in this situation, I, I understand USC has been horrible this year. But they have, you know, this is a rivalry and they have a chance to kill Notre Dame's national title hope. So, Maybe they show up and play well, but I, so that's why I think I, I'm much more comfortable with the under because maybe USC's defense, you know, locks up the Notre Dame offense just enough. The shillelagh, right? The battle for the shillelagh, yeah. The battle for the shillelagh, that'll get them fired up. Yeah. Spell shillelagh. Uh, S H A L A E L E. No. <laughs> there's some G there's some G H's in there somewhere. S H I L L E L G H. Okay. I just threw a bunch of L's, A's, and E's at you and kind of hope it stuck. The the Irish language makes no sense as far as like spelling and words. It's it makes no sense. Makes it's like per- one of the most confusing languages I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, you know, you've you got all that ocean around and just each other to talk to you start making up your own language makes sense like how how are you that close to england yet the language is so drastically (laughs) different hey i'll take you to the outer banks of north carolina and you'll find new wrinkles in the english language that you didn't think were previously uh previously there when you think about the 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 conversations that are taking place even 50 miles inland A a lot of scotch and irish made the move there oh yeah a couple hundred years ago um, all right, let's go to, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in on this again because, uh, it cashed last week and I don't need the, 
all I need is the effort to be able to get it on the lock. I'm going to Florida, Florida State, and after somehow, I mean, and it's not somehow, Tamari on Terry busts loose for a 74-yard touchdown, but if they were able, if that Florida State defense was able to, against Anthony Brown, no doubt, you know, Anthony Brown plays in that game for Boston College. A.J. Dillon plays in that game for Boston College. That Florida State defense was able to to hang in there against Boston College and give DeAndre Francois enough shots with the ball in his hand. I mean, this was the first game all season that Florida State had had a 300-yard passer, a 100-yard rusher, first time Cam Akers has gone over 100 all season, and a 100-yard receiver, Tamarion Terry. So I'm going to take the Knowles plus six and a half. And if if you're feeling frisky, maybe even just money line that sucker. I think Florida State wins this game. I just think there is a huge, like there is a motivating factor for Florida to end Florida State season the way that Florida State ended Florida season. But two first-year coaches and Florida's trying to get to New Year's Six Bowl. Yes, I, I understand that. But there is so much more want to in my, I, I would think, based on the performance we saw against Boston College, the players on this team are still trying to make a bowl game. So I'm going to go Seminoles plus six and a half. Second week in a row riding with them. Let's lock it up. Chip loves his Knowles. I do not want to write the end of the streak story on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to fall right on my plate. And I would rather not. So um, this is a, this is this was a, a tough call for me. I I have flo- about I don't know when I woke up this morning, I had Florida State written down. I, I, with you I somewhere along the way I convinced myself that the smarter play is playing the over Ooh. Uh, I, I just for the sake of um, diversity here I, I guess I'm gonna stick with the over but you kind of give me a little more conviction you know a little makes me feel a little bit better about uh, Florida my Florida State pick too but but I'm gonna play the over because you know you talked about the, you know, the Florida State offense coming alive a little bit last week. Um, I also feel like Dan Mullen is is going to have his A game in this one. I think he's going to have his fastball. Uh, Florida's defense been a little bit banged up late in the season, and even like late in the season, they they've they've given up when they play decent teams. Um, they've they've given up a lot of points. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, who'd they pull up their schedule? They had it was thirty-six points to Georgia, thirty-eight points to Missouri, thirty-one points to South Carolina. I mean, that South Carolina game was kind of a, uh, I'm, I mean, the borderline shootout. And I, I just, I, my hunch here is that this game gets loose and gets to a little bit of a back and forth. Um, and I'm gonna just play the over fifty-two. Well, we've got a lock fight on our hands. But yes. Fight. Fight. I, I was fight. a little worried about fight. that. <laughs> I was worried. I was worried you were going to be playing the under chip, which was going to give me less confidence in the over. And then I maybe maybe would have just gone Florida State. But if the under the, if the under king is on this one, then I'm really worried. I'm on the under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just <laughs> just don't see a lot of points being scored here. Just don't. Really, I mean, 
I don't really have a long, healthy explanation for it. I just think this is going to be kind of a sluggish, low-scoring affair with the two defenses winning out in the end. I mean, it's... I don't... If you look, like last week against... If, if we look at Florida, it scored 35 against South Carolina, but against Mizzou, it scored 17. Against Georgia, it scored 17. Against LSU, it scored 27. But against Mississippi State, it only scored 13. Yeah, it's it's this is a Florida offense that kind of goes and starts and stops more than anything. And I just feel like this is the kind of a rivalry game where, for the reasons chips on Florida State where I think that the Seminoles are going to be pretty jacked up for this one because they're a team that, you know, we gave them a whole lot of grief early in the year for the way that they were playing. But I think that as the season has gone on, this is a team that has, you know, been playing better in the last few weeks than we saw earlier in the year. And I think it kind of culminated last week with that win against Boston College. I just think that this is going to be kind of a slugfest more than anything. So I'd like the under 52. Well, this is, I think, a fitting way to close the season here. You know, you just trudging around with your unders, and me, the the happy optimist, looking for an over, going head to head. This is. This I'm is, under heavy this week too, more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, all right, it's, so, it's late in the year, baby. That's when the unders really work. You've got five plays on the board. How many more unders do? And three of them are unders. How many more unders do we have? Just, just one. Oh, okay. Yeah, underhead. But I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I had four unders. Um, we might. All right, no, no, no time for that. We, we've got more picks to dole out. Uh, Barton, what you got? Uh, let's see. I've got. <laughs> I'm gonna go <clears throat> with uh, Kyle Field here, Texas A&M LSU, and I. This is. This is the one I kind of like here. I'm going to go Texas A&M. Wow. Laying points to a top 10 team in the country. Uh, I, I think this is – I mean, what, one, one reason I like this game is look at what Texas A&M has done at, at home this year. Uh, they gave Clemson the toughest game of the year. They beat Kentucky. Uh, they beat Ole Miss. And, and and covered for that matter, and they rolled against UAB. So I can't remember what the line was at Kentucky, but looks like they've covered all their 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 home games. Um, and I also think that the Jimbo is still due for a signature win, and he didn't really have that this year. Uh, I also think that when you look at A and M's defense which is seventh in the country in, in rush defense. And you look at LSU and, and, and Texas A&M's ability to stop the run, make LSU one-dimensional, and then come up with, with pressures to get to Joe Burrow and make him uncomfortable, uh, uh, which is something that LSU has not been very good at this year, is, is keeping him um, from being pressured. And... I, I just see an L, an A&M defense or an A&M offense that'll be able to create a few big plays, uh, be able to run the football a little bit as LSU's defensive front has been has, has dealt with some some injuries, and I think I think they'll be able to get, get it done. I think this is Jimbo Fisher's big signature year one win, A&M at home with the not the upset but just the win. Lock fight. Fight. 
Fight. Fight. Yeah, Fight. I'm. I, I'm not hearing this. I don't. I don't see it, and I'm not hearing it. LSU has won seven straight against Texas A&M, and I don't think that this is the Texas A&M team that's going to snap that streak. There is absolutely reason to doubt what the motivation factor might be, but I just I don't foresee. I don't know. I did. I mean, and and normally, what does that make me? Uh, does that make me a Joe for just looking at the team that's up in the top 10 and thinking that they shouldn't be the underdog? Because normally you look at a line like this and, and those kinds of circumstances and you think like, you're right, Barton. If you take, if you just put any, you know, team A and team B in these spots, give them their rankings and set this line. I'm like, well, the home team who's the narrow favorites probably going to win this game by a touchdown. I, I totally understand that. But in this rivalry, I haven't seen, I you know I haven't seen anything from Texas A and M to make me think that we should we we should sign up right now. And you know, Coach Coach O could do himself um, some favors with the and not that there's anything. I think that Ed Odron already has what we would definitely consider to be a passing grade for this year. But I think ten and two and nine and three are very very different. And I think that this game is big, and it should matter to the Tigers. So, yeah, give me uh, LSU plus the points. What are we locking in at? Three? Three. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Lock fight. This, I'm, I'm giving you a, like a vintage like week six take where everyone was talking about how LSU's record was misleading and all the Fernelli guys and analytics types were, were felt like the numbers didn't say – that they're as good as the record says they are. And then everyone just sort of, after the Georgia win, which is impressive, everyone started giving them the benefit of the doubt. But I'm still looking at this team who beat Mississippi State without uh, getting more than 300 yards of offense, who you know, couldn't get a point against Alabama, who lost or beat Arkansas by seven points. Who, and, and I, just, I still think that they're, while they're a good team, they're a top 15 team in the country, I don't. I don't think this is a ten and two football team, and uh, we'll see if Texas A&M can prove me right. I I don't have a lock on this play, and I was with Chip initially, but as I was doing research last night and into this morning to prepare, the one thing that stood out to me was I I feel like this line is probably right, and it's a little too accurate for me to find value on it. But I will just say, Chip, something to be concerned about. LSU has played three true road games this year. One was a one-point win over Auburn. One was the eight-point loss at Florida. And then the last one was against Arkansas a couple weeks ago in which they barely hung, you know, they beat Arkansas 24 to 17. So they it's LSU on the road has not been very good. It's two and one, but it's kind of based on its opponents and who it's played, it's kind of underperformed on the road all season long. The Fair. only time it didn't was in Miami in the at the neutral site game in the opener. But other than that, they haven't played that great outside of Baton Rouge. And you know what? Maybe this was a log that was on the side, but I've got to get in. I've got to get points back on the on the everybody. So yeah, let's let's go. And if and if you know what? If blood's gonna be shed, be it mine or someone else's, I want it to happen in an LSU game. <laughs> That's one I want to be dialed into on Saturday night. So I'm down. Let's go. Uh, also on Saturday night, let me go ahead and get this one in. 
We've got uh, the Clemson under train will continue to roll on. Once again, I do not believe that Clemson's opponent, be it South Carolina or Duke or NC State or whoever else, I think there is a limit on how many points we should expect them to score. I don't think South Carolina will get to 14 points in this game. And I think another Clemson under cashes. And I get this one at 58 and a half. So let's go. Go for it. <laughs> I've got, uh, I, I agree with your reasoning. I'm just not making it one of my picks. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on it. Uh, and I also think that it's it, the same reasoning applies to the Iron Bowl to me. Like, I, I, that's why I would be much more comfortable with an underplay than Tom's plus 24 and a half play. Um, but uh, so I, I, I think it's the right side there, Chip. Uh, all right, Tom, back to you. All right, well, I'm going to go with my final under for the week. And by the way, the last time I had four unders in a week here was in week eight. So it, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> but uh, let's go to a big game that we haven't even mentioned yet. I am taking the under 56 and a half in Michigan at Ohio State. Now, this is somewhat against trend because in recent years, the over has worked very well in Michigan-Ohio State games. But this year... I like the under simply because there's so much talk about the Ohio State defense after everybody watched it last week against Maryland. And it has been a problem for the Buckeyes all season long. It's just the perception is a bit more dramatic than the reality. Overall, Ohio State's defense, if you use S&P Plus, is still ranked 38th. It's not like it's ranked in the 70s or 80s. What it has had problems with is giving up explosive plays or going up against offenses like Purdue and Maryland that kind of try to spread you out. They, you know, There's a lot of motion, a lot of confusing their linebackers pretty much because that's been a huge problem for Ohio State's defense. The linebackers look lost at times. But as we have seen in Ohio State ga- games where they're playing teams that play you know, their more traditional pro-style kind of offenses, the Ohio State defense has fared pretty well. Against Rutgers, they held them to three points. Penn State is more of a spread, so that doesn't count. Sorry. Minnesota, they held them to 14 points. A couple weeks ago against Michigan State, they held them to six points. As far as the matchup is concerned, Michigan's offense is a much better matchup for Ohio State's defense and what it's capable of doing than you know Purdue is or Maryland is or those other teams are. Those are the teams that give Ohio State's defense problems. And I look at this game being somewhat similar to that Michigan State-Ohio State game, except Michigan's offense is a lot more capable than Michigan State. So I don't think they're going to hold them to six points and it's going to be a punt fest where the punter wins the game for them. And then on the other side, we all know Michigan's defense is amazing. And I think it's built perfectly to stop Ohio State's offense, which just has been kind of, you know, not great. They they have trouble running the ball, and I think Michigan's not going to make it any easier on them. So I look at this as being a game where the first team to get to 20 is probably going to win this game. And I lean Michigan to win, but when it comes to the spread, I am just very hesitant to take Michigan as a favorite in Columbus, considering they haven't won in Columbus since 2000. So that's why I'm more comfortable with the under than I am the spread here. So I lean towards Michigan to cover. Barton, do you have a play? Agree. 
Demons. There we go. We're picking right. locks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I actually, I toyed with playing Ohio State here. This is another one where I, I, I wrote it down at some point, and I, and I still think Michigan wins. Uh, but I think Ohio State. This, I mean, this is just. I don't. This is not going to be some sort of a. If, if Michigan fans are envisioning a blowout here, um, I just think you got another thing coming. This is going to be, I think, a competitive game, and I think Tom said it. I mean, he he hit on it all. I think this is the way I vision envision this game being played is a little bit like we're used to seeing them play. I, I don't uh, what Michigan's what 39th in the country in marginal explosiveness, which is fine, but like that's not the kind of offense that is going to give Ohio State the kind of fits that they've had against even the Nebraskas or the um, or the Purdue's or the Maryland's. And so uh, I, I, I just think this is going to be a game that's played a little bit lower scoring than people are expecting. Uh, and I, I, I feel good about the under here. And, and part of it, too, is I feel like Jim Harbaugh wants it to be that kind of game, even if his team might be capable of scoring more points. I feel like Harbaugh is going to be more interested in bludgeoning them to death. Yeah, and, and I think that they'll probably will be pretty content trying to you know, maintain some possessions and limit the amount of time, you know, limit mm-hmm. Ohio State getting in a rhythm. And, and, I mean, if it gets to some back and forth, like that totally plays – into Ohio State's hands, and I, and I I think that Michigan Michigan has more of an ability to dictate the pace of this game than Ohio State does, and I, I expect them to. And I will say to listeners, you might not want to wait long if you're going to make this play because the line opened at 59, and sharp action has been pushing it down pretty quickly. So maybe by the time Saturday rolls around and the public jumps on, it'll go back up a bit, but it might go down even further. So hey, what uh what's the weather going to be in Columbus? Have you checked that? Uh, I have actually, and it's it's going to be a bit blustery with some I rain. I thought I heard that. I thought I heard there'd be a little wind. Yeah, that's it's not quite wonder, but okay, it's 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 right on the edge. And I I don't since we're recording this on Wednesday and forecasts change, it's something I, I'm not going to use as the basis. But keep an eye on it because there's very much in play a wonder condition. Lock unity again. And, and, and Ohio State plus four and a half. Oh, you're locking them both up. Yeah, double play. (laughs) Is this our first double lock unity of the year? Oh, it has to be. I think we've only had one lock unity all season long. um, Wow. Yeah, so here's what scares me off. I, I am very, very concerned about Michigan scoring touchdowns when it gets red zone opportunities. And even in a game, it feels like a game that Michigan could dominate and win by three because Ohio state can score real fast. And you know, it just, I never think Ohio state's going to be out of this game. And I think that uh, a whole bunch of Michigan field goals is not the way that you cover a four and a half point spread on the road in Columbus. I think Ohio State could win this game. But again, as as I fall back to the lock unity pick, if I if I think that even and I think Ohio State is I don't trust Ohio State to be able to get touchdowns when it gets in the red zone either. I I think we get a lot of kicking in this game. That favors the under. 
Feels like it's the kind of game where we got some missed kicks too. That's big time favorite on the under. So yeah, let me go uh, under and underdog. It's the most like on-brand play possible. Both of them. Lock it up. Wow. Great vibes. <laughs> the one reason I, I lean Michigan on the spread is because, you know, I mentioned earlier Ohio State's linebackers. And Shea Patterson has been very successful off play action throwing downfield this year. And I feel like that's the one area Michigan's going to use to exploit Ohio State. So that's why I'm a little hesitant to take the Buckeyes to cover. But like I said, the spread is just the spread scares me a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> 24 to 20, Michigan wins. Everyone wins. I'll take it. Let's go. Uh, and I've got one more. What do we have left? I, I have more. two more. Okay, Tom. All right. Well, you know, sometimes you touch the stove and it burns your hand and you don't learn the first time and you touch it again and it burns. And we're going to touch it again to see what kind of sensation we get. I'm taking Wake Forest plus 12 at Duke. Lock agreement. That's my last one. <laughs> okay, <Max. cool>. oh. <laughs> I just I I just think the spread's too big. Yep. It's a lot like last week and it went wrong. It's just I think that logically and analytically, this spread is a little bit too large. I would say it should be in the nine ten range, not twelve. So I'm getting a field goal worth of value out of this thing. Yeah. Wake's playing for a bowl game. They're five and six. And uh they've got a they've there is no reason that they are gonna be packing it in. And uh, I don't. I I think that Duke has been unspectacular on offense against everybody but North Carolina. North Carolina is the only team that's made Daniel Jones look like the NFL draft pick that I touted him to be coming into the season. And Wake's defense is very very friendly, very friendly. They will often just leave you wide open patches of green grass that you can do whatever you want with. But I'm I'm uh I'm I'm leaning on. Whatever. I'm leaning on Coach Clawson. I think Wake shows up with some fight. I think they can cover the spread. Barton. Barton. <laughs> I mean, um, are you asking for my pick or my take on this game? I mean, uh, you can offer a take or you can just, just say, you, you can, can say call like, us more on yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, look, it's, I, um, yeah, I'm good with this. Like, I, I'm I'm never gonna be like opposed to a uh, late season clause and double digit line against Cutcliffe. Like that seems like pretty reasonable. Uh, you know, Duke's not gonna blow these guys out. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. Um, I've I've got another another ACC play that I'm uh, you know I'm I'm gonna be eager to seek my peers approval on um i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go with an under i'm gonna go with under uh i think it's 48 and a half in pit miami oh great play uh unders what'd you say fully support unders oh yeah okay uh, i thought that was another one for you uh so the way i'll see this game is is these are basically, first of all, Pitt's, Pitt is, I mean, I almost went Miami here, but I just don't know that I can trust Miami. And when you look at the way Miami is even winning, like they're not even winning by putting up a lot of like yardage. They're winning by turning people over. And Pitt has done a pretty good job taking care of the football this year. 
Pitt is going to try to run the ball. They got this new like this this newfound um, ground and pound game that's just crushing people. And I think Miami def- like these these are two teams that the whole focus heading into this game will be just don't turn the ball over. Like Miami just wants to give their defense a chance, so they're not, they're going to try to put Nikosi Perry and those guys into position to not turn the ball over. Pitt's just trying to run the football, not turn the ball over, not give Miami short fields. And I, I just see this game being a slow, like, trudging underplay. And, and the only way I see this game going over is if the turnovers hit and if there are a bunch of turnovers. I, I just I think that these teams are going to be um, a little more conservative in this spot here. And, and uh, I'm going to go with my – my second under of the week now if, if you'd like some emotional support i have to preface this by saying that it doesn't quite meet wonder conditions because the temperature is going to be a little too warm and the other thing is the way that that stadium is built with like the roof kind of deal going there where it's still really open but there's kind of like that overhang i'm not sure how large of an impact wind has on the field but it is supposed to be a pretty windy day in south florida on saturday so maybe we'll get some swirling wind action. Maybe that's what that roof does with the overhang. Maybe it holds the air in and circulates it around the field, which could wreak havoc as well. I, would, I don't even know if I care about the wind, because if we get wind, then I'm worried that's going to create a couple of picks, you know, a pick six. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I am satisfied with this just being normal conditions. Let's just run the rock and get out of here alive. If I'm pit. And let's just try to get some stops if I'm Miami and, and, and get some short fields. Well, I can tell you from experience that when you're taking an under in a Miami game, no matter the weather conditions, you are constantly living in fear of a pick six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whether it's from Miami or against Miami, you are constantly living in fear of it. I can't believe that Miami was favored by more than four points here. That You know, uh, yeah, the line stunk to me when I first saw it, but after doing my research, I kind of get it. I mean, it's it's they're they're playing at home. They're Pitt doesn't have any any. There's no motivation here for Pitt. Miami's got some. Did Miami lose them last year? Yeah, they Miami, ruined Miami, Miami's undefeated season. Yeah, Miami's got some revenge factor. So, like, I think revenge factor plays in here to where like I I would take Miami like a lot quicker here than I would take Pitt. All right, um, I'm tapped out. It's offensive line though. Yeah, I was gonna say like I wouldn't be I would be worried about Miami quitting, like Miami's defense, which has just been so good to and like so disrespected by the other side of the ball in terms of performance, and that if it's like if they just get tired of it and Pitt's offensive line, they're just like oh, I'm just I'm tired of fighting these big uglies. Pitt's running backs, they I. You have flipped over to many a pit games to watch either Quadri Olison or Darren Hall scooting for like a 40-yard touchdown. I'd be afraid of that, but that's all. We'll see. Uh, I'm done. Any, any who? What else is I've got uh, out one there? left. All right. It's, it's very much a Tom Fernelli special. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> plus three and a half at UL Monroe. And this is a situation where the line is set. Both of these teams have six and five records and ULM is at home. So trying to figure out what the public's going to think. 
they make ULM the favorite. But ULM is six and five, but it is a fraudulent six and five. It is a team that has benefited from some, you know, weak schedules and just getting some lucky bounces and that kind of stuff. Over the course of the season, the Cajuns have been the better team. And if you look at all the aspects of these both of these teams, the Cajun offense and Cajun special teams are superior to what UL Monroe does on offense and on special teams. The defenses are somewhat similar. So I look at that, and I am taking to lock it up. I am locking up the Cajuns plus three and a half. But I'm also recommending, if you've got the stones, to take the Cajuns on the money line. Man. Stones to take ULL. I mean, if if that's how you want to spend, if you're willing to spend your Thanksgiving weekend putting money on a team that you haven't watched all year to win straight up, go for it. I, I know that's not going to be for everybody because I'm not even. I doubt this game's going to be on television. So if you're willing to sweat it out on your game tracker or your watch ESPN app or wherever the game's available, then... uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to do another one. Yeah, I don't do know it. if you're done if you're done with your if your ULL ULM breakdown. Uh I'm I'm gonna do another one. Um and it's partially because look, I sort of see the tea leaves here. It's gonna be hard for me to catch up. Uh we got some lock unities here. Anything I win, Tom wins. Um but it's not always about that. It's also about just, you know, competition and 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 you know, enjoying your time here. And you know, when you're in Vegas and you have, you know, you you enjoy your time at the at the casino, and you you win some chips, and you're about to cash out before you leave, and you're kind of hungover, and you got your luggage waiting by the by the taxi, and then you walk by the black the uh, the blackjack table, and you throw like a hundred dollar chip down on you know one hand, and this is just I can't resist the enjoyment out of this. I'm going to go over eighty freaking four. In Oklahoma, West Virginia. <laughs> Listen, it's Thanksgiving weekend. There's no better time to overeat. <laughs> yeah. I it's it's just we've already talked about the game. We don't need a deep breakdown. This is just I, I wanna be able to say I played over eighty four. And, <laughs> and <hit>. it hit. <laughs> because it's not gonna it's it's gonna hit. Like like do you have confidence that that game's going to be 35 to 31? No. Hell no. It's going to be like 55 to 49. So give me it. Over 84. That's that's the way to go. That's the way to close out a regular season, Barton. That is that is on on Barton's brand to close out the regular season. All right, I love this. We've got eight picks apiece here on the final regular season card here in week 13. Let's review. Oklahoma minus two and a half. That's lock unity. The under 50 in, oh, excuse me. I got to introduce whose it is. Tom, <laughs> uh, Oklahoma minus two and a half. Under 50, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Auburn plus 24 and a half. The under 54 in Notre Dame, USC. The under 52 in Florida State, Florida. The under 56 and a half in Michigan, Ohio State. Wake plus 12 against Duke. And Louisiana plus three and a half against ULM. Barton. Oklahoma minus two and a half. Uh, don't forget, he just threw that double up with the over 84. Mississippi State minus 11. Notre Dame minus 10 and a half. The over 52 in Florida State, Florida. Texas A&M minus three. Under 56 and a half in Michigan, Ohio State. 
under 48 and a half in Pittsburgh, Miami, and yes, the over 84 in West Virginia, Oklahoma. Chip, Oklahoma minus two and a half, the under 50 in Virginia, Virginia Tech, Florida State plus six and a half, LSU plus three, under 58 and a half in Clemson, South Carolina, under 56 and a half in Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State plus four and a half, and Wake plus 12 at Duke. Lock unities are Oklahoma minus two and a half and the under 56 and a half in Michigan, Ohio State. We've got lock agreements in the under 50 Virginia, Virginia Tech. The Wake plus 12. Wake plus 12. And we've got lock fights in Texas A&M LSU. We've got a lot. We've got the dentist. What's the dentist on? Mississippi State minus 11. Mississippi State minus eleven. Uh, he actually he actually texted while we were on this to make sure he's he gets another shot after the bad cover last week or the bad miss. He says this is the lock of the Stephen Hawking infinite number of universes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the dentist. I don't even know his real name. Uh, and we also have a lock fight between Barton and Tom with the over and the under in Florida State, Florida. So uh, just we got we got twenty four picks for your Thanksgiving weekend and. and I think that all of all of them are going to be uh, sweaty and winners. So I'm I'm excited about it. Feels uh, good. Have, close strong boys. I feel it. I feel it too. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, thank you for all the all the words of kind support for the, uh, the our new skin, our evolution as we grew from our uh, our nascent days as the twenty four seven Sports College Football Podcast into the Cover Three Podcast. Uh, you can all you know it's it's easier. To say, if you've got one of those voice-activated devices, play the Cover 3 podcast. There's never any confusion. should be good. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. That's the way that you get episodes first. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover.